Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I have a wonderful author on who is just going to help you take everything to the next level. And one thing I have learned about being an entrepreneur is scaling up your business is not easy if you don't know what you're doing. And so I've got Jan Cavell on today. She's a semi-retired entrepreneur from the UK with a scary nearly 40 years of experience of starting and scaling micro and small businesses. And you know what? Like all entrepreneurs, she's known success and failure. She's now the writer and author of Scale for Success. And I think that's going to be coming out soon, isn't it? It is. It is, Kim. Thank you so, so much for having me and for that lovely introduction. And yes, it comes out in um, in the UK on the 4th of February, so only a few weeks' time. A little bit later, obviously, in the States and Canada and um, uh, Australia, where it's also being published, but not long to go at all. Very <laughs> exciting. Now, are, is this going on Amazon? It is. It's available for pre-order on Amazon now. Yeah. Awesome. So if it's available, it's probably available on all of the Amazons for pre-order. I would Um, think so. I have to say I should have checked .com, shouldn't I? uh... (laughs) (laughs) So the thing is, we're now recording this in January. Um, I think I'm actually going to try and and have this released close to February 4th. So if you're listening to this, I want you to go to your Amazon and check out Scale for Success. Now, I want you guys to get a chance to know Jan a bit. So I'm going to let her share her story, and then she's going to power into some wonderful, amazing uh, tips for you to help you know how to scale up your business successfully. As, as part of the introduction, I uh, have, have, have started a lot of businesses, well, fair amount of businesses as either a sole trader or a micro trader. And then there was one in particular that I started that I needed to scale because I was a single mom and I needed to provide for my children. So I had to do much more seriously and um, to, to really everybody's surprise, including mine, because I wasn't very knowledgeable or experienced, I did manage to grow it and it got up to the multi-million mark of turnover, which was exciting. But there comes a point um, with, with turnover that you've grown to a, a certain amount and your whole business changes. It shifts from being just a lovely small group of you all working together, everybody knowing what's going on, everybody on the same page, to a a very, very different animal, to one where you have a lot more people, you need a lot more structure, and 
you're much more detached from it on a daily basis, or you need to be actually, should I say, not necessarily are. And it's a really hard period of growth. It happens somewhere between um, one and two million, I think, uh, depending on sector. But it, you know, it, the whole business just morphs into something entirely different. And I got up to the sort of couple of, a couple of million mark. And I got stuck there and sort of bounced there, you know, a little bit up, a little bit down for um, far too many years and absolutely burnt myself out doing it. And I could not shift it. So I started to, to well, my first step was to think I'd better find out a bit more about business. So I went on uh, some serious training courses and tried to apply them. But actually, it was like, I always describe it, if you're building a business, it's a bit like building a house. And if you've got rotten foundations, the damn thing's never going to scale. And of course, I didn't have suitable foundations to scale. Um, and, and I'd gone up without them. And, and I, gradually, I began to understand that, you know, it was never going to happen. But it did take me far too many years and a lot of tears and, <laughs> and stupidity. stupidity. Um, so that, that's my story. And, you know, after, after I decided enough was enough, I thought, well, yeah, my goodness, if nothing else, I've nearly made every mistake and certainly learned an awful lot. Maybe I can actually use all that to, to far better use than I was able to, but to put it together and, and to write um, for other entrepreneurs about what I'd learned and to help them avoid the mistakes that I made and some others that I could see you could make along the way. And I think, you know, like you talked about hitting that bigger scale of one to two million. But I think even in the beginning of your business, there's, there's times when you need to upscale. Like, you know, I think when you're hitting that first 50, 60,000, when you're hitting that first 100, 150,000, you know, that, that 250,000, that 500,000, right? Like, I think those are kind of points when you have to really look at your business and scale. You know, when you're hitting that 50, 60, 70,000, you know, you're really at a point you can no longer do everything by yourself. You have to have that team around you. And it might even be, you know, a team of five to 10 people because there's just so many moving pieces. Like, you know, you might need a graphic designer. You might need, you know, help with social media. You might need help with accounting, right? So I think even at smaller levels, there's times when you you need to know how to scale up. And when is it time to start changing it? Spot on, Kim. I think you're absolutely right. You know, you are talking about um, an animal that, that moves and grows on you in, uh, you know, as, as a business does grow, but, but actually changes, uh, the, the leopard changes its spots as, as you grow. So, so yeah, you're right. There, there are lots of things which you see as early as, as well, as early. I think actually for one to 100,000 is, is such a hard thing to do in the first place. So, uh, yeah, you can, you can see lots of those things coming into play right, right as early as that. I know you've got some hints and tips that you're going to share today, but if you're not going to cover these in the tips, one thing that you talked about that really caught my attention was laying that strong foundation. So if those tips are about that, great. But if not, can you also talk about, you know, how do you lay that foundation? Because most of the people listening to this are in that foundation stage right now. You know, they're, they're starting their business, they're building that foundation. And, and you're better off to build it right the first time. <laughs> Absolutely. If only I had. So, yeah, this is what it's all about. It's stopping people making the mistakes I did. 
I think, um, you know, there, there's a lot of tips I'd love to pass on how long we got. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's try and pick out the biggest ones. I think the, the structures are very important of your business. And by that, I'm talking structures of people, firstly. Mm. Because if you're going up to a certain stage, you want to have a plan in mind. Are you going to get a lot bigger, uh, say, you know, sort of 10 people, 12 people, uh, particularly above about 12 people? You're going to need other people managing them other than you. And the earlier you get them in, in many ways, the better, or, or at least you need to be clear in your own mind whether the people you're surrounding yourself with in the early days are actually wanting to grow with you. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you're going to have to bring other people over their heads, which is always a really tricky thing to do. Because, um, you know, Joe and Sheila, who've been there since day one, tend to be very resentful about somebody coming in at a much bigger salary and knowing nothing about the business, which in some ways you can understand. But on the other hand, if Joe and Sheila didn't want to grow and you did, you know, you're left with two choices, giving up your dream or bringing in new people who, who are wanting to grow and therefore able to grow because however much you talk men to it, if they don't want to grow, you know, and they don't want the business to grow, they're not going to grow, grow personally and they're not going to be committed to doing it. And you know, that can was, really sabotage things. Yeah, and there was one thing I remember us talking about in the pre-interview for this. And you talked about the fact that just because someone's been with you a long time doesn't mean that they're ready to take on a leadership role. Absolutely right. No, not at all. Because, you know, they may be very skilled at doing sales, for example, you know, which is fine. And they, they are content to do that, but they've no wish or a bit perhaps ability to run a sales force. Um, you, they can't So you know, running a sales team is very, very different from being a salesperson. And, and that's a, a very good example, actually, which I've, I've fallen into by chance, but good, good, goodness knows I'm grateful for that. Because you can see that, uh, you know, you've got this differential between a salesperson and a leader. And, and, and that becomes a problem because, as I say, do you, do you say to your salesperson who's been there since the, you know, age of dot and has, has produced really good figures solidly for you? Sorry, you know, you're not the senior one here. You're go- going to be a junior now. It's, it's, it's a very tricky situation. And you really, really need to have a plan in your head how you're going to cope with that bit by getting people who want to grow in with you in the, in the, in the beginning, which is ideal um, in some ways. Just be clear to other people that in time you're going to grow and it, that's fine if they don't want to and they'll always have a job if they do it well. However, that will mean that they are not going to be the senior in due course. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with um, respect, Um, you know, having that vision, communicating that vision to the people on your team so that they know what's coming next. So it's not a a big, you know, all of a sudden you're just slapping them in the face Mm. with this. And I think too, it's, it's having those conversations with those people and, and finding out what their expectations are. You know, do they want to grow? Like, you know, do they want to take on more responsibility? Do they want to become a manager? Because if you know this, then, you know, maybe there are things you can put in place. Maybe you see managerial potential. They're not quite ready for it yet, but maybe while they're still working and while you're still growing, they could be taking a course. Exactly. To get ready. Yeah. 
Yeah, if they want to, then that's never a problem. It's only when they don't want to that you've got a real issue on your hands. But I think if if you're communicating from the start and you're you're letting people know where the business at and what the next steps are and, you know, that they're valuable, you know, I think a lot of those things can kind of be, I don't think it can totally be taken care of, but Mm. I think you can lessen the degree of it, you know, with good, strong communication and respect and relationship. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it was something that came out very clearly, um, you know, that I mean, go, going back to the book, I, I spoke to a lot of entrepreneurs from the book and there's an entrepreneur who I, I talked to and used examples of his work in the chapter on leadership. And he did exactly that um, to, to totally agree with you. And I mean, he managed to sell his business for an awful lot of money in the end. It was a multi-global business. But he had his team on board from the start. He was absolutely straight with all the senior members that his intention was to build it and um, grow it. And I think I'm right in saying he made about five or five or six of his team millionaires in the process. And it's, he says to this day, it's one of the things he's proudest of, you know, which is just lovely. Um, you know, and he did it by being continually, completely open with his team. I had an opportunity to work with Michael Tracy, who's Brian Tracy's wow. son. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I remember him saying, and he used an acronym, and I wish I could remember it, but this little piece has just stuck with me, is the fact is you should be designing your business to kick yourself out of it. Yes, yes. Um, it's the same as Michael Gerber. Um, work, work, um, work on the business, not in the business. Mm-hmm. Same sort of principle. And there does come a time when you're going to have to work on it, not in it. Mm-hmm. And other people are going to have to be the ones that are working in it for you. If you want to grow, that's always where you're going to have to be heading. Yeah, well, because there's so many things in the beginning that we do that are working in our business to make sure that everything goes. but you can't grow your business if you're doing everything in the business. And I know for me to 2020, you know, one of the big focuses was, you know, building those systems, building those things, bringing on, you know, the right people so that in 2021, you know, my focus would be working on the business. Not that I stopped working on the business because I did, but I was doing both. I was working in and on and it was causing you know, a tremendous amount of stress. I need to be working on the business and be able to trust my team to take care of the business. Now, it doesn't mean I don't oversee things, you know, because I have a manager that manages all the book projects, right? Because I can't do that anymore. You know, I can't be writing and editing, managing all the projects and trying to grow the business. It just don't work. Plus, for two years now, I've been trying to write my own book. I'm like the shoemaker whose kids have no shoes, right? Like, publisher. Okay. I, it's not that I'm not an author. Okay. I've authored quite a few books, but I've been working on my signature book, you know, the book that I'm going to use to build the business. And I had two years now. So it's like, no, this has got to be done. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a story I hear from, from other entrepreneurs, you know, that they do get stuck and don't do it and good on you that you've achieved it. And so, you know, I'm really excited because I think this year is just going to be a tremendous year of growth. 
Now, did, did you have any other tips for us? Because we're going to talk about your book quickly, but I know you came prepared with a few other things as well. I did, yeah. I mean, oddly enough, you mentioned um, systems just now. And system systemizing everything is a very important part of being able to let go. If you can do it early on, or better still, get somebody, if you've got somebody already on a small team who loves doing the systems, because the chances are you don't, because most entrepreneurs hate systems. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest about it. We don't like small print. We're big picture people. And so systems bore us to pieces. Um, But, you know, if you can get those systems done right, then other people, and documented right, then other people can do all these things. And it's much, much easier for you to get out of the business. It's much easier if, you know, one of your key staff has a major personal crisis and disappears on you, for you not to have to get hauled back in to replace them. You know, it's, it makes for seamless handovers and it's the only way to grow is to have really good sound systems. So that's another important point. And you brought out a, a really good point there. I think we want to highlight a bit. Just because you're working on your business instead of in your business doesn't mean that that negates you knowing how to do everything in your business. I mean, there, there comes a time, I'm, like I'm talking about, you know, when you're under like that 500,000 mark, you yeah. know, like there comes a time when you can't know everything. But, you know, in the beginning, you do have to know how to do everything because you are going to lose staff. Mm. Something's going to happen. <laughs> you know, some sort of sickness, catastrophe, whatever takes place, right? Like these things yeah. happen. So, you know, when you talk about having those systems in place, I think it's really important as an entrepreneur that you work with the people to create the systems, Definitely. that you don't just leave it up to them, that you know the systems yourself. Now, maybe you aren't running the systems, but you know about them, you helped create them. Yeah. And so, you know, and you make sure that everything is in a central place. So, you know, not everything yes. is sitting on somebody else's computer. It's either got to be on your computer or, you know, it's got to be up in the cloud somewhere, you know, yeah. where you can access it when you need it. Like take 2019, for example, one of my main people had some extreme circumstances, totally completely beyond her control. Mm. Okay. Like she had these things just happened out of the blue. Yeah, booth. they do. They happen to all of us. You know, and it took her out for almost a year, mm. at least a good six months, right? And so I had to step in. Yeah. But I could do it because I helped her create all the systems. <laughs> yes. But ideally, you know, you want to step in for a shorter time as possible as well. Yes. And, and so, again, the systems will help you. I mean, A, it means you can do it. And B, it also means you can train somebody else up to do it, you know, or, or get some of it done by a temp or all those things. It, it just completely de-risks your business. And yeah. of course, the more you grow, the greater risk financially and everything else your business is under. Yes. So it's, you know, actually looking at the risks involved of your business suddenly becomes a much more important part of it. You know, when there's just you, you know, you can sort of shrug your shoulders and shut up shop or, you know, give it another try or whatever. When you've created this independent body of a business involving other people, you've got to look and think, you know, what risks can I get rid of? Obviously, some, you know, you're not going to be able to. I mean, none of us expected this pandemic. There are a lot of risks and systems, uh, you know, just as a, a very sensible one takes a lot of risk internally out of a business. I want to talk about your book, Scale for Success. So here, here's a question I tend to ask most of my 
guests who are authors. Tell me about the good, the bad, and the ugly of getting this book written and published. Oh, wow. Um, well, firstly, I mean, I think that the, one of the one of the ugly ones was terrible self-doubt at the beginning because I kept on thinking, I want to write this, but really, am I going to have any credibility? Because I didn't actually succeed in doing it. But, you know, and yet, and I kept on thinking, but, you know, actually, I don't care that people know that. And actually, are we not more comfortable hearing about people who say, I've messed up? you know, to learn from in some ways than somebody who pretends to be some absolute paragon and, you know, you feel completely overwhelmed with. But I did decide that I did need a lot of expert help to provide the answers. I knew, knew, as I say, by that time, an awful lot, but not not enough. Where the idea came from, I've no idea. But, you know, these things, as you know, as an author, all come together and start making us think. So I thought, well, I'll ask friends who are entrepreneurs to contribute. And that's, that's initially how it spun. Um, so I started writing and started chatting to friends and putting this idea together that, you know, we could look at all the different areas of business and offer specific help from people who have very relevant experience in them. And then quite a few months in, I thought, is this going to sit in a drawer? You know, what am I on earth am I going to do with it? You know, because I knew, you know, how, how hard it was to get a publishing deal or so everybody told me. And um, at that stage, I thought, well, you know, I'd, I'd love to do that because it's a childhood dream. I could always self-publish another time, but, you know, a bit of me thought, you know, it's a bucket list job, get a book, you know, one book properly, properly published, but I'll never do it. So back and forth I went. And eventually it was, it was Christmas last year. I thought, well, I'll bung, I think I sent two or three submissions off. That was it. And I thought, well, you know, I won't hear. And, and so then I'll have to look at self-publishing or, you know, I'll have to give it up. I, I can't do this. I don't have authority to do this. And lo and behold, in between Christmas and New Year, I got a call from Bloomsbury straight away saying, would you like to come in for an interview? And, I, you know, I, it, was not, it was so much a dream. Honestly, I didn't dare tell anybody else. I sneaked into London because I don't live in London all on my own without anybody knowing where I was, went to this meeting and thought, you know, this is dream time. You know, I don't know what's going on. And, and you know, a, f- a f- few negotiations and, you know, what have you, and rejuggling the idea. There was a contract with Bloomsbury and I still part of me doesn't think that's real. <laughs> you know, a year later, crazy, but it's true. So, so yeah, really mind-blowingly exciting, you know, because it mentioned an awful lot to me um, to, to, to have that contract, to, to have that vindication, I suppose, as a writer or whatever. That but but so Bloomsbury awesome. did say to me, you know, you're going to have to stretch outside your few friends, good though they are, and, and I did know, do know some great people. But we want to take this um, global because they produce books globally, obviously, themselves. And therefore, you're going to have to involve entrepreneurs from the States and from Australia as well, which made it a much bigger task. And there was little me who nobody had really heard of. And I was trying to sort of say, you know, to exciting people, please, will you give me your time? So it turned into a bit of a sales job for a while. So, yeah, there were a lot of ups and downs and, and a lot of can I do it? Am I good enough? Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. We we all have that, am I good enough? Am I worthy enough? Do I know enough, right? And the way I look at it is, as long as you know more than the person reading your book, you don't need to know everything. 
Yeah. You just need to know more then. Yeah. Well, you know, I knew I had a lot of years of experience. <laughs> that's for sure. And as I say, uh, you know, as luck would have it, I've managed to assemble a, a cast of uh, some really amazing entrepreneurs which who have been so generous with their time and advice. That is so cool. So, Jen, how can people get a hold of you if they want to find out more about you, about your book? Well, my website, my own website is www.curiouslyenoughjancavell.co.uk. So that's J-A-N-C-A-V-E-L-L-E.co.uk. And they can type, just, just type Jan Cavell Scale for Success, and that will bring up a book in places like Amazon or um, Barnes & Noble and, you know, all the usual suspects. Or they can go to Bloomsbury's own website too. Well, that is so wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jan, for being on the show. Kim, my been- pleasure. So this has been Jan Cavell and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach, or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility, and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. It's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.